Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 428. Tonight, I'm here with Alex. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. Good to see you, too, man. James Babb, the malinformationist. <laughs> Great to be here today. I, uh, I'm i glad to be here today. I tried jogging for the first time, and my heart felt like I was fully vaxxed. So it's pronounced yogging. I survived. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you happen. survived, though. And we have special guest uh, Drew Cook with us. Drew Cook is the founder of the LP Sober Caucus and Shred the Stigma. Drew, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is an honor to be on here with you guys, man. I've, I have kind of fallen out of uh, listening to podcasts regularly, but uh, Punk Rock Libertarian used to be one of my, one of my go-tos, man. Nice, dude. Appreciate yeah, that. Used to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't blame you. Yeah. Back when it was good. Yeah, I listened to. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about like the uh, the LP Sober Caucus and kind of what you do around harm reduction and all that stuff? Yeah. So the um, the Sober Caucus, the idea behind it is a uh, twofold. The first one is having a group of people who are able to meet up at, at conventions or Libertarian Party events who, uh, you know, they're all kind of walking that path of, of wanting to stay sober or they're in recovery. Maybe they're teetotalers. Who cares? You know, whatever the case may be, they have a kind of a, an inclusive group that they could hang out with. Uh, the second part of that is, is what better voice within the party to talk down prohibition than those people who don't ever want to use ever again? You know, people who've been there, been through the system um, and can tell you exactly where this current um, method that, you know, this government uses is getting it wrong. So that's that's kind of the uh, how it started out. And along the way, we were able to kind of pick up some grassroots efforts um, like at the Reno uh, LP National Convention. We were able to raise money for the local Alano Club from the floor convention and uh, do that. We've been able to raise money to put people through treatment and, uh, you know, distribute Narcan, uh, fentanyl test strips, you know, fun stuff like that. Um, and then Shred the Stigma is the local to here in Oklahoma City harm reduction uh, organization that I started up. <clears throat> we deliver Narcan, fentanyl test strips, uh, clean syringes, uh, condoms, all the, all the stuff to use safely. Uh, in and around the Oklahoma City metro area. We also do a you know, needle exchange, pickup, and linkages to treatment, referrals, hepatitis C and HIV testing, you know, run the gambit, man. And, uh, yeah, that's who we are and what we do. How'd you, that's um, interesting. So the, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, how'd you get um, – so what was your story? Uh, tell us about your journey, man, like how this all began. And Yeah, you know. so, like, with – I used to have a podcast called the clean libertarian podcast and I would interview people from all walks of life. Um, and I, I found out about harm reduction and I, I wanted to interview some people who knew about it. And I, 
up in the northeastern part of Oklahoma, there is a group called Shots. And I brought them on the podcast and they were kind of telling me how they got started. And I don't know, you ever meet somebody who talks with just so much passion that it just gets stuck in your head. And that's kind of what happened. You know, um, they just had this vision and this idea. And I'm like, man, I can really get behind this. And I, I ran from it for a long time because man, I'm an old IV junkie, you know, like that's, that was my game. I was afraid of getting involved in this effort because, uh, you know, what if I'm having a bad day, you know, I'm, I'm literally going to the trap houses, you know, and dropping off clean supplies. Like it's not going to be hard to find, you know, what I'm after, but, um, man, honest to God, more often than not, when I'm making a delivery, I'm seeing the end stage of my own addiction every single time. I'm seeing where I wind up time and time and time again. Like I, I'm that, I'm that dude who's went to treatment 20 times, like legitimately knucklehead, <laughs> you know, to the max. Um, but anyway, so that's that's kind of how the idea got started. I, I've really leaned on them up there a lot. They've held my hand through every step of the process. Um, once we got the ball rolling, this took off, right? Like at first, our participants were like, they would see a flyer of ours. It's like free syringes. And they'd be like, what the fuck? You're the cops. <laughs> you know, like there's no way this is real. But one by one, they would hit us up. And once somebody got a delivery from us, then they would tell their friends and then they would tell their friends and it's just been exponential growth. So we were like, we need to figure out funding for this, you know? Um, and that's when we did our first push for uh, 501c3 status to raise the money for that. And Spike Cohen, Eliza Blue, I'm pretty sure y'all helped us, you know, amplify that that uh, fundraiser that we had going. And we, we raised enough funds. Um, at the time, we were actually called Out of Harm's Way OKC. And so we got the money together, paid an attorney, did the bylaws, all that shit. And uh, when we went to file with the state, they're like, oh, this name is not going to work. There's another out of harm's way in Tulsa. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> so that cost really us, eight, yeah, $800 right there extra on top of, you know, the uh, the two grand. But we got Shred the Stigma is where we landed. Shred actually stands for Safety, Harm Reduction, Education, and Delivery. So we like it. You know, it was a, it was a cool name, but. Now we got our 501c3 status and we're just uh, doing our best to, to really just meet our participants where they're at, man. Um, you know, we've been able to, so like how treatment and recovery works is more often than not when somebody's like, man, I need help. They don't have any insurance. They don't have any money. They've burned every fucking bridge that they have. And so, you know, getting into a state bed is about the only chance that they have. Well, and doing this type of work, we're able to engage with, you know, some some bigger organizations, nonprofits that might have the ability to be more flexible if the participants are coming from us. And so those are the relationships that we're working on now, you know, trying to streamline that process of, hey, I'm ready to get clean. Cool. Let's get you in the treatment. Um, it's been really neat, man. Um, one of the other sides of the deal, too, and is we found out that the intersection in between like, you know, human trafficking and exploitative situations and, you know, substance abuse go like hand in hand, you know, and we've been able to really kind of uh, with a few different women, like really 
break them out of that, you know, give them the resources, not like we're like grabbing them up and taking them. They got to make that decision on their own when they're ready. But uh, I don't know, man, this has been just something that has been, uh, it's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing, man. I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. That's awesome, man. That's really awesome. Congratulations, man. man. That that sounds does sound amazing. I have a question about the the LP sobriety caucus. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I th- I'm just thinking, you know, like the Libertarian Party's fun, but if I took away the beer and drugs, like what's left? Like what do you like? What's left to do in the LP? <laughs> so here's here's the thing. When we when we designed those bylaws, we we specifically did not write down what sobriety is or what sobriety isn't. Right. Like um, you could be California sober. You could use to shoot heroin, but now you, you drink, you know, it, we don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter to us. The only thing that we ask is like, if you're in a hospitality room, that's like sponsored by the sober caucus, like maybe you leave the beer outside. Maybe don't hit the vape while you're in there. Like that's all there is to it, man. Very easy going. Like we're, we're not trying to be isolationist so, within the party. So you What's host that? hospitality. You're, so you host hospitality like parties at conventions and stuff. Yeah, we had um, in Reno, we had a hospitality room and we hope to do that again in DC. Um, I know we got the OKLP convention coming up. We're going to have at least a space there. I don't know if we can afford a hospitality room, but we show nice. up in force, you know. Nice, dude. That's good. Yeah, it's good to include, uh, yeah, especially at like LP events. It could be, uh, it's good to have like a space for individuals that might be going through that and just kind of want to maybe, uh, you know, just be in a space where, you know, they're around like minded individuals that are going through similar situations. For can, sure. Uh, relate. And, uh, and then others could be respectful towards them. Like, so that's cool, man. That's good. I'm glad you're doing that. So you're out at Reno, the, the past convention. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That was a uh, busy man. <laughs> busy, busy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. I was out there as well. The Maryland delegation, but yeah, I didn't like the setup there, man. You didn't really, it wasn't really conducive to socializing and really like moving around to the other state delegations and getting to know people and meet people. It just seemed yeah. like you were crammed in one little area the whole time during convention. And yeah, it was kind of a bummer this year. Yeah. I'm a, I'm- I'm a chubby dude too, man. So like I had to shimmy up and down those fucking roads, <laughs> those tables, and like man, I know, man. Those aisles not a good terrible. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a good setup, but still pretty pretty good time though, regardless. Yeah. So but uh awesome, man. So you guys want to get into clown world this week? Let's get some it. Some of the topics. Oh, sure. Babs, it's deep. Yeah. deep. Where, where do you want to begin, Babs? Because you brought some uh, you brought some good ones to the table tonight. It's, um, it's like it's like being a mosquito at a nudist camp, right? There's just so many targets. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be the dumbest saying, right? Like, right. how about um, how about Miss Universe? Are you guys did you? Uh, I didn't realize there was a Miss Universe still, um, right. but evidently there's some uh, amazing costumes and some fun speeches. Uh, maybe. Um, Jared, did you see the video I posted of the of the owner giving a nice, just letting us know what's up? Um, this one here, I think this, yeah, I think this really sets the tone, just so we know what we're talking about here. All right, let's give it a shot. It has been seventy years that Miss Universe organization ran by men, but now Tom is up. is the moment really for women 
to take the lead. <laughs> Welcome, we men, to the new era of the global women's empowerment platform. Welcome to the Miss Universe organization. From now on, it's going to be ran by women, by owned women. by trans women. women, for all women. What? For all women, really, around the world, to celebrate the power of feminism. All I'm saying is, she's got a deep voice. Diverse yeah. cultures. That's all I'm going to say. Social inclusion, <laughs> gender equality, creativity, the force for good, and of course, the beauty of humanity. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it. I think that's all good stuff. When I was born as a trans woman who got bullied uh, okay. and sexually oh, okay. harassed by my she old was, teacher. Wait, did she say she was born was as young. a trans woman? Plus, <laughs> yes, she did. Did she? Oh, God. My own teacher when I was young. Plus, uh, I, I was not. Clown world. When I was born as a trans woman who got bullied and sexually harassed by my own teacher when I was young. Plus, I was not accepted by society because they did not want to embrace my differences. But guess what? Thank you. I chose not to surrender. Yeah. Uh, I think we get the idea. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Did you see that? Now check yeah. out the costumes. Now the we got it. Now check out the costumes. There was um there's one from um I posted a link for the for the Miss Wasn't Ukraine. there a Bitcoin one? Yeah, yeah sure Miss El Salvador like yeah. check out check out the link for um oh very nice. So Miss, yeah, for our Miss listening Al audience. Miss El Salvador had a little bit of a bulge as well. I don't know. So I don't I don't know what's going on. They, they were, she had a Bitcoin in her costume, but then if you got a little close, it looked like, like I don't know. I'm trying to find her. Oh, oh yeah, there's Miss. There's a, oh yeah, that's Miss Ukraine. I've, there. I posted. Yeah, a, I posted a, a video oh, of her. God. Check out the video I posted. Yeah, is that an ASOF logo on the on the on the plate there? She, right. Well, no, she's cut. She's got arm sleeves to cover up the Azov tattoos. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't oh, see a one, one. We got to find that. Yeah, let me get in the docs. I'll try to find it. I've got a video that hi. I posted up in the comments. Let me see. It's uh, Miss U it's, it says Miss Ukraine. It's a Twitter link. Do you see that one? Um, it's Forrest Mommy stopping in saying hi. Good to see you're back on the Twitter sphere. She's back. Nice. Yeah, she got banned for Good. I don't know. Some seems like uh, even Scott Horton got the boot for a minute. I don't know what he did recently. I think he told somebody to kill themselves or something like oh. that. I heard. Like at least I saw that as an example and a plausible theory. And like, well, yeah, seems like I'm uh, sure if he did though, this person needed to kill themselves. I mean, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> you know, wouldn't doubt that for a second. Yeah, yeah. If you can elicit that type of response out of Scott, you probably earned it. Yeah. But maybe that's not what it was. That's just something that somebody showed me. So I, I don't know if it, you know, I have no idea. But um, mm. yeah, it, I was bummed because you guys know that Elon's my favorite oligarch. And I, and I, you know, yeah. like, really? Like, Scott? Like, 
Yeah, I don't know. How can I drive on? a cyber truck knowing that he's censoring Scott Horton? You know, like yeah. Don't worry, you won't be driving a cyber truck ever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> They're never gonna make it. <laughs> They're never gonna make that thing. <laughs> dude, play the play the Miss Ukraine video. Where is it? It's in the it's it's in the links. It's a Twitter link. Oh no. Sorry for the towards the top of the links. There you go. I think I got it. Let me share it. And this uh and then Miss USA had this giant monstrosity of like the world on her back. We'll gotta Maybe show that one like, next. Oh yeah. my god. It was I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And who still watches this stuff? <laughs> And consider it to be the patriotic <laughs> <laughs> symbolizes Ukrainian fight for freedom. That's great. Uh, the warrior of life protects her country, like Archangel Michael, who is a guardian of soldiers and considered to be the Zelensky's face. <laughs> Some beard. So yeah, for the listeners, it's Zelensky's yeah. face superimposed on uh, the Miss Ukraine. But oh my gosh, yeah, do yourself a favor and look that up if you're listening because it's insane. Just like robotic angel wings. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Miss USA one we got to find as well. So I don't know. Oh, if I have a, have a, at least, at least a photo one. of her. Yeah. It's, it's in there, Jared. It's the last one there. But yeah. It's uh, the, it's quite ridiculous as well. Well, I think, uh, you know, these costumes are more like parade floats. Like, like, yeah, it was like a mum- very elaborate. It was like a mummer's parade. <laughs> Slightly. I'm all for it, right? Like, yeah. this is fu- this is fun stuff. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is happening? Is that Globe Earth behind her? No, it's the moon. It's the moon. It's, it's the fake moon landing. USA! Oh, <laughs> when Americans stepped on the moon in 19. I heard that the moon weighs 30 was- pounds. What? what that weighed 30 pounds that's what somebody said i don't know if it's true it looks oh, substantial yeah, yeah she, that would be suits. like the, she, she could have won the mummers parade with that at least you know oh, yeah yeah i don't i, don't, I mean the archangel one was probably hard cool. to well, there were several with wings. There were, uh, wings were the theme. Some of them were kind of sad. I, I felt sorry for like some of the the oh, costumes because they're, they're like it, it looked like oh your mom made that like <laughs> you know like you know you're going up against like the United States and the entire military industrial complexes like wardrobe Hollywood you know like uh, fashion industry. This is uh, yeah. Miss Universe El Salvador. Rocking the Bitcoin. See, my daughter and I critiqued this costume the other night, and we we thought that maybe it should have involved a giant volcano that actually hmm. like spewed out Bitcoin from the top, like somehow, like or some kind of pyrotechnic, like actual yeah. lava, like just really take it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? What's that? Is that almonds around her? It looks like almonds, dude. Or pistachios. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, you know, that's I guess not is the that moon. their, uh, you know, is that their like Miss, U- Miss USA had the moon and you've got almonds. <laughs> <laughs> she must feel horrible. Yeah. It's so bad for her. 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, meanwhile, there's martial law. Is, is martial law still going on over there? Like, I did see some uh, one of the El Salvador people. You know, was like um, they were just saying, "Oh, look, everything's better in in El Salvador. The police and military control everything now." And I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like paradise." <laughs> Spoiler alert: Miss USA won. So. Miss FYI. USA. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. I got I the docs here. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, someone from the Philippines or something like, or maybe she's from the Philippines or Filipino American. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's from Texas. Rabani Gabriel. Yeah. Wow. All right. So I'm sure everybody and um, for the. I'm Miss not, US- does anybody know if she has an Adam's apple or? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just, <laughs> It's not, not that I care. Uh, I just well, just speak, wondering. I don't care either. Speaking of uh, women that are so just this weekend, well, there was a trans story hour at the Baltimore uh, Library. Or well, so they have multiple branches throughout the city, and um, so I saw it and I posted it in Misi's chat. And I was like, oh gosh, does anybody want to check this? You know, just just observe. So I went down there. On um, Saturday, it was at four o'clock. They had drag queen story hour at this one branch of the Baltimore City Library. And of course, they had about maybe 50, 60 of the alphabet people outside. And then they had about, I don't know, 20 some people counter protesting this drag queen story oh, hour. Oh, okay. So uh, so the police were, were like ready to defend the, the story hour. Yeah, the police came through. Um, there was a police presence. I got one video, but I saw it live on Twitter. So this is when I so this kind of gives you an idea of the scene. It's outside the church. It's a, it's a church, but it was a library. It looks very colorful. Oh, yeah. They had, uh, you know, all the rainbow umbrellas. So... <laughs> This is a clip part of when I arrived. Drag queens belong in clubs, not libraries. Abolish public libraries? You call it the right word. So here comes the cop. Y'all need it. See, but this is this is tragedy of the commons, right? It's tragedy of the commons. If you're going to have this common library, people are going to have to fight over what you're doing in there. Exactly. like it's stupid, right? Like the, this is the reason. Like you, we need we have private property, so <laughs> you can have your story time hour. Like I'm sorry, but I feel like kids should have to pay for their own drag shows, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> as taxpayers, I don't I, like. Is that really something that should be subsidized? Like seriously, and I just talked. You're to, into and, it. You do it. You know. Yeah, and the thing is too, and then I talked to individuals there on both sides, and I just went down there to observe, and just kind of like. I mean, in all honesty, my mindset is just like, why do you feel the need that a drag queen needs to read to children? Like, what the first off, like, I just don't get that. And then furthermore, can't you see that these individuals on the other side of the street might have a valid argument that their tax dollars are supporting something that they 
morally disagree with and the fact that, or, and think is wildly fucking inappropriate. And and their their response is, well, this is for equality. Anybody should be able to read to kids. I'm like, anybody? Anybody. So, you know, if, a, if an organization, sure. yeah, like, I, I, I mean, what the fuck? These people are fucking loony bins. And I tried to ask, like, they, I asked a couple of them, like, why do you feel this is necessary? Some of them parents, like parents that didn't seem, I'm like, why do you feel this is necessary to, to have your kid read to, and they're like, well, drag isn't sexualized. I'm like, what are you talking about? Or they would just what be else like, is it? yeah, like what is exactly? And then they're, and then they're, they said, oh, do you have a legit question? They try to like, I said, yeah, that was my question. I was like, why do you feel the need to come out here to support, you know? So anyways, I just was advocating for abolishing the, the public libraries all to all to, to begin with. And even their arguments were like, well, this, the drag queen story hours privately funded, but I'm like, yeah, but the library isn't like, can't you see like people are going to argue what goes on in there. You're well, people love to their, have- you know what? People love their libraries, even though they don't use them. Right. Like, just, <laughs> okay. like people love the idea of a library, I think more than anything, like any of all those umbrella people out there, how many of them do you think actually use that library for, for anything? None. Right. Never. Right. So, um, you know, they're just um, I don't know, just it's ridiculous to see that, uh, you know, these people are trying to defend the library like, well, I mean, it's it kind of gives the library a purpose to exist. Right. Like, I mean, with Amazon now and the Internet and and audiobooks, like the idea of a library, it's I mean, it's really it's kind of just for like homeless people to look at porn at this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What, what else are they? I mean, is there any name? Name why the community needs a, a, a public library? Like right. exactly what is the reason to, to it needs to exist? Right. Seriously. I mean, it's I can like see the use for a. Now. What's that? I mean, it used to be like, hey, we it would be wouldn't it be cool if we all had access to this huge sum of human knowledge, right? Yeah. But then they invented the internet. Okay, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> You know, that argument, it died. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but this is what's left of their legacy. Um, you know, grooming shows for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's fucking gross. Like, I, I just, you know, but the other half of the, the argument is like, they want to fight over what's allowed at the library. Just fucking abolish them. Just abolish well, it's the, the public same, library. It's the same people that want to fight over what's taught in school. Yeah. Right. Or like it's the same. I mean, like what if the what if the the uh, the or even uh, fight about what should be allowed on the Internet is now the new like is the new version. Right. Like, well, should this be allowed on Twitter? Should this be allowed on Facebook? You know, like it's it's just like, yeah, for people want to fight over what's going to be allowed when it's these centralized or, you know, communalized uh, information things. What if like the whole country had one magazine? Just one magazine, but and everybody had to fight over what was good. Like you only had one magazine to read. Yeah, but we're gonna fight over what it's gonna be about. Like I like motorcycles. Like no, <laughs> like I like uh, fashion. You know, it would it would be insane. But that's what people do now. They're fighting over the library. Yeah, so it was it was quite entertaining observing. I was there maybe like for about fifteen minutes, and then. How was know. the show? Let's get to the good part. Was it? Oh, was it? I was, didn't. Was it great? I, I don't have no idea. There's a news report in there, Jared. Uh, there was quite a few news affiliates there because it you, was. You did. It was a three ring circus. 
Oh no, no, it was. You, you, I didn't want to go in the. I was. I was. No, I just wanted to see all the the protests and the counter protests and just see the the culture war. That would be like um, Alex staring at the Ark, you know, <laughs> like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah, I would probably if I actually went in there and saw a bunch of kids, I probably would have not. It, it took a lot for me to just even remain comp for people advocating for it and asking them serious questions about it, because I, I'm sorry, I just don't see you're subjecting kids to that. And then there was some dickhead local politicians that I just saw three state delegates and their third spin is just like, we, we counter protested the hate, the hate that showed up to want to shut it down. I'm like, no, they were going to shut it down regardless. Like you, this is a, it, but they weren't going to shut it down and they try to claim it's hate. It's like, no, this isn't hate. This is, what the fuck's inappropriate? Like you're legit grooming children, you know, it, and there's no, I don't see any benefit. Like that was my go-to question to every single person there for it. I was like, what is the benefit of a drag queen reading to children? And none of them, they, they would be snarky. They would just belittle. Do you, think answer it. do you think they're, um, they're getting their orders from the world economic forum. It's part of the depopulation agenda. Oh, I think it is, too. And that's the other thing, too. It's just like this. They like it went from and, you know, some of them had their rainbow signs for equality. I'm like, when is it a bridge too far? When is one of you when are you pushing this a little too much and it's become such an agenda? And I think it is. I think Babs, you're on to something. I think it is part of this world economic forum agenda i mean Ster sterilizing kids i mean yeah. there's there's a movement to sterilize kids yeah okay? this is it's the, real yeah this is you the know, next whether it's whether it's people being idiots or intentional it doesn't really matter or intentionally confusing kids at an early age or or um yeah because this i think I it's mean, i think it's lining them up for um for oh let's get you some hormone blockers you yeah know, we need to gen we need a market for these for these hormone blockers and uh, it just happens to fit in with our depopulation agenda. Yeah. That's the next and, pharmaceutical um, grift is, I mean, all those, all the drugs that I, these kids are going to be think on. It, I think there is a lot of pharmaceutical grift. I mean, let's face it. I mean, look at the integrity of big pharma like that we've been living under. Um, it's a, there's, there's no level that they wouldn't stoop to. I think that's fair to say at this point. Right. Wasn't there some new Twitter file that dropped that said there was some apparently some Provax lobby was trying to prevent like generic alternatives to the, you know, the Pfizer vax and all that. And apparently there was something going that. on with, with, um, with Twitter and they were getting them to like block that information or, or something along those lines. Let me see if I can find it. But. I know, I know, I think it was a, there was a Pfizer thing where Pfizer was lobbying Twitter, like the federal government had lobbied them to, to block and, and, uh, work on certain hashtags and things like that. All right. Suit, so here it to, is you know, to, suit, to suit a narrative. Yeah. So on, um, let me mute this real quick, but yeah. So on Fox news, they're, they're talking about the Twitter files. It says new Twitter files reveal a pharmaceutical industry lobbied social media over COVID vaccine content. BioNTech pressed Twitter to censor activists demanding low-cost generic vaccines, new files say. So, the push included direct like pressure from Pfizer partner BioNTech to censor activists demanding low-cost generic vaccines for low-income countries. 
So they were trying to monopolize it for their own their own version. Well, I guess we should be thankful that they did that lobbying. Otherwise, people might have got a bunch of low cost vaccines. Right. Yeah. Like so <laughs> sometimes they, terrible things happen for I mean, good things happen for terrible reasons. Maybe those vaccines would have been more effective, though. And well, how would by well, big pharma. Well, did, I, I, did you see that test? For, um, there was a um, uh, result from Taiwan. Somebody did a test on on young people measured their EKGs after after getting the jab. Um, this was it was covered by Dr. John Campbell. But uh, basically, like now that someone looked at it, there was like 17 percent of kids had a had a had a change to their EKG after the after the shot. And like it went immediately up, after it, it went or? Up in, or it like, I don't know, within 30 days or something like that. And then it then it went up even higher after a second jab. Right. And then literally 17 percent had it like they might not have felt anything, but there was a change like nobody had measured the EKGs. And then actual cardiac events were still like one in a thousand or for serious adverse reactions on this study group. And like, man, um, so, you know, it's just showing that even if you even if you don't die suddenly on the soccer field, you're you're like the hearts are being affected. And, the, you know, the heart doesn't really regenerate, I think. And, you know, if you're you're doing damage to your heart as a kid, that that could materialize 20 years from now. Um, I, you don't want to do damage to your heart. It's sickening that they're still pushing this on kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're still pushing uh, booster commercials. I mean, how like. I mean, Jared and I, we were watching sports ball all day yesterday and how many Pfizer commercials and like, oh, get your booster, go Vax Maryland commercials. Like they're still pushing them like the Maryland Department of Health. And I even just saw, let me try to pull it up here. But I saw even Walgreens still doing like, oh, if you're a pregnant and you're a mother, get your booster. And it's like, uh, tell me, I mean, I, 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 it's really hard to believe the depopulation conspiracy agenda, but I know there are people legitimately sit there thinking like, how can we re- like, there's too many people on this earth, you know, you know, messing around with pregnant women. I mean, come on, right. you know, like, tell, are you telling me they're just dumb or they're just greedy or they're not intentionally trying to, um, you know, increase the number of stillborn babies? Man, I saw some pretty horrific shit whenever I was working at, at whenever the vaccine first rolled out, <clears throat> I was working at a uh, at a uh, recovery center and this was for women and children. So it was like a reunification program. Right. And so they would women who'd lost their children due to substance abuse or whatever, they would you know bring them in the program once they've been clean and stuck, stuck it out for a couple months, then they would get their kids back through DHS and they would live on site. Well, when the vaccine started rolling out, they told the women that they had to get the vaccine or else they wouldn't be able to get any visitors from the oh, outside. That's awful. Hmm. So this place was in the middle of nowhere, like very rural that's location. Disgusting. Um, and and not only that, then then they started offering like bags of candy to the kids if they got the vaccine as well. Oh. It's fucking disgusting, man. Um, fucked up. Fucking I mean, disgusting. do these people think they're serving the, the common good and are just misled or then they just follow orders and they're not able to question it, even if it means hurting children like a um, 
like uh, the uh, what was that? Oh, the Milford, the Milford experiment. You know, where people will do harm if they feel it's being coming from a legitimate mm. um, from an authority. Milgram. Yeah, what's the name of that experiment? I'm having. I can't. I'm having a the uh, Milgram experiment. Like Milgram. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, people will harm another person if they're ordered to by an authority figure. This has been this this is what that experiment proved. So would somebody like oh, okay? I gosh, I hope this kid doesn't have an adverse effect. I, I'm jabbing him. I'm you know d- day after day like and not only jabbing them but like coercing them into it like. Yeah, all kinds of fucked up. So what's the deal with this story here you shared, uh, Drew? Yeah, so you guys have heard about the rainbow fentanyl. I'm sure you've seen the headlines. Oh, yeah. They're they're marketed towards children. Well, this is Business Insider actually sat down with one of the uh, Sinaloa cartels uh, cooks, and he refuted that, said the reason that they started putting – you know, food coloring and all these different fentanyl pills and making them multicolored. So that way the end user on this side of the border can tell whenever their, their product has been laced with one of these pills. And that tracks a hundred percent with what we've been hearing on the, on the streets. Um, You know, for, for instance, there'll be, there was a report that we got that there was some green meth going around and people were overdosing on it and it was fentanyl and, come to find out bam so we live in such a bizarro world that ruthless bloodthirsty cartel members are more concerned about the well-being of citizens here on this side of the border than uh, our own government officials like, so let me see if i understand this correctly they they put dye in their product so in case it gets tampered with later people know to abandon that whole color like, yeah, if that, you get cocaine and it's pink or it's blue or whatever else, you know, you know, oh shit, this something's not right about this. James, yeah. it, it shows if the fentanyl was mixed in with other product. Correct. Because the dye, oh, will, the dye reacts color to the, the other product. You can't. No, the, you, the, the fentanyl's already dyed, so if it's mixed in with like cocaine, then the cocaine turns that color. Is, am I understanding that correctly, Drew? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, got I see. It. Wow. So yeah. like. So they're making the fentanyl and putting dye in the fentanyl. So right. okay, to help you. Um, okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So that's the, uh, yeah, that's why, that's why I threw it up. They, I could not figure out what the end game would be for if, if you are a business and you are putting out a product that is killing people. I mean, you, if you have a business, you want return customers, you know, bottom right. line. Well, if you're killing, you know, first time users across the country, it doesn't really make any fucking sense, man. I couldn't wrap my head around that. And I didn't think that, you know, that for a long time, it's like that doesn't seem like something the cartel would do. And who knows that this article's. Why are other people putting fentanyl in their drugs? I mean, that just seems like. I don't know. For me, I, I, I can't I can't pin that down. Honest to God. I mean, my tinfoil hat on, I, I'm saying this is a, you know, this is government sponsored right here. hundred um, percent mm. tinfoil hat off. I think, you know, there's, there's cases where you have people who are maliciously, you know, spiking drugs to get back to somebody or maybe just being an idiot and mishandling, you know, 
you got two piles of white just, powder on your table, you know? So are there people that just use fentanyl straight up? Like that's just what they use. So they know the dosage that they need to take and yep. they don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. People who, people who are knowingly buying fentanyl are, are, you know, they, they know exactly what they need to take. Uh, you know, granted with a, illicit substance like that it's impossible to tell you know how pure something sure. is or, or whatever else without a spectrometer and the, who's got the fucking money for that but yeah um, it's maybe the, that's the next maybe that's your next uh fundraising mission for your look group. i have had my eyes on it man there's a dude up in canada named daniel larson and he does this thing it's like testyourdrugs.com or whatever and you can legit mail a sample of your dope uh, to this mailbox in canada and he'll test your shit and put it on the internet and let you know what's in it uh, yeah, I mean, and, they've had drug and, testing kits around for a long time. I don't know uh, how they work with fentanyl. I'm sure it's it's a different region that you need. But I remember testing like hallucinogens when I used to go to festivals and stuff. Well, like, have, has anybody sure ever have, been like, has ever been has somebody ever been busted and and talked about how they intentionally spiked their drugs with fentanyl? I, I haven't. I mean, I'm sure it's been out there, but I, I have yet to hear anybody saying that. I mean, you know, we, now, if, your, your, your tinfoil hat, you know, theory with the you know the federal government being involved. I mean, let, let's face it. We and during alcohol prohibition, they intentionally put poison in alcohol. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. so to say that, like, oh, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, no, they, they do shit like this all the time. Um, and this is what prohibition is. Right. It's like a sick war. And yeah. they don't care um, if there's casualties, you know, because the casualties will be. Uh, us not them yeah they sprayed so, the uh, pot fields in the 80s and 90s remember with that with that uh poison that was supposed to kill the plants but they sold the plants anyway and people got sick as hell over here for a little there's while t- yeah there's no regard for for the end result when these mm-hmm. guys do things so would the federal government intentionally poison other drugs as a way to raise the need for themselves Right. Just to, to give them a reason to exist in public where, you know, maybe, you know, let's face it. If 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 opioids were legal, you know, even it through like a pharmacy and your physician or whatever, but even just so like to so people aren't having to buy from sketchy dealers and they can work with reputable somehow could work with reputable vendors, get their dosages correct. You know, they'd still have a drug problem, right? But there wouldn't necessarily be as big of an overdose problem and there wouldn't be a crime problem and those cartels would go away. Like, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately, the DEA would go away. So don't threaten me with a good time. Do, so, you know, so doesn't this kind of thing like I can't I can't think of this this situation serving anyone but them. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. The only the the only time I see somebody maliciously doing this is that they had like a bone to pick with somebody, you know, and I've seen shit like that. Hell, somebody sold me a uh, an eight ball of laundry detergent. They let me try try a line of like some of the best coke I've ever done in my life. And they get handed me a bag. I'm like, cool. Went home and snorted it about fucking died. You know, uh, Jesus. I, yeah. yeah, it was a miscommunication uh they had a bone to pick with me and that's how they chose to do it um that that being said i cannot imagine a widespread enough uh just you know common occurrence in the black market where that's happening over and over and over again 
to where we saw the overdose rates that we did over the last couple of years. Right. There's, there would be some carelessness. There'd be some, some whatever, you know, petty bullshit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just kind of doubted how big of a problem it was, but now I'm, I'm coming to realize that, you know, it is a, a wide scale problem. You know, I thought it was my, hopefully something they were just exaggerating, yeah. but, uh, yeah, we, uh, to figure out where it's come, why that's happening and bust the people yeah. for doing it. Yeah. So, I had a coworker who, unfortunately, this was about a year and a half ago. And, um, uh, I mean, I guess they knew he had a heroin addiction or, you know, he had, he had, he would relapse, but yeah, apparently, it was it was laced with fentanyl and he's no longer here and it was kind of fucked up. It's like I was just working with him on Friday and then you know get the call from the owner on the weekend like hey you know he's he's no longer here and we're getting that's details. Awful. Yeah, any, and that's what it, and he left two kids. Figuring yeah. out who did it. I I don't know. I'd have to you know talk to his roommate. Um, I haven't talked. They to probably him don't long, even investigate this as a, as a like as a as a as a as a um as a murder, right? So right. I mean, are they investigating it as a murder or is it just like, oh, another junkie, you know? I mean, I've heard them doing that for like celebrities that have died from fentanyl. But um, yeah, I mean, the average person, they're probably not giving a shit. Yeah, it depends on your stature and the giving given municipality. You know, if it's a college kid and they came from the right side of town, then, you know, they're going to investigate the shit out of that, make a name out of whoever sold it. Um, and I'm torn on it, right? Like if you're, if you're selling fentanyl to somebody and that person knows that they're buying fentanyl, I think if there's an overdose that occurs then, like it's sad, it's tragic. I never want to see it happen, but that's not murder. But if you're putting in, if you're selling somebody Coke and you know, it's fentanyl, like you're a fucking piece of shit. You deserve the wall, you know, yeah, that's, like that's, that's murder. Yeah. That could be, that's definitely murder. With that. Uh, that's why I just don't see like people doing it. Like, first of all, if you've got, you've already got <laughs> cocaine, sell it as cocaine. People love that. Right. Yeah, yeah, they do. If you've got fentanyl, okay, sell it to somebody who loves fentanyl. Why would you mix the two together and and spoil everyone's fun? And and the fent and the amount of fentanyl, it's not like you would cut it with fentanyl to like increase the volume, right? Like fentanyl is such a small like it comes in such small amounts, right? Am I understanding that correctly? Like there'd be no reason it's not like cutting it with like baking powder or some shit. Like there'd be no reason to do that. Is that am I understanding that correctly? Like, hold on, go, go on. I was reading that one comment. My bad, dude. Oh, no worries. Um, so I was saying, like, I, I've, I've understood in the past, like, things have been cut with, like, baking powder and stuff like that to, like, increase the volume and, like, pass off a less pure thing. Yeah. But, like, cutting with fentanyl, that doesn't really have the same kind of function, right? No. I mean, it, it, it yeah, yes and no. So you can take, like, let's say, you have a certain amount of cocaine, right? And you wanted to expand the amount that you had. You would cut it with baby laxative, uh, you know, something something along those lines. With fentanyl, it's actually a mind-altering substance as well. It's a very potent opiate. So where it only makes sense to me, like if I was a dealer today, would be if you had a downer, you wanted to make more of a downer. Like if you wanted to, you know, cut your heroin a little bit more with what you would normally cut it with and then not have the end user notice, maybe putting in a little fentanyl into the batch to also mm. like keep that potency up there. That's um, right. If it's that, another opioid, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like heroin. But right. wouldn't most, so most you dilute, heroin users you, would probably be like, oh, you've got fentanyl. I'd rather have that. I mean, yeah. 
I don't know. Would would they? Or I guess there's not like the majority of our people that we talk to, like some prefer fentanyl, but the majority would much rather go back to the days of like legitimate black tar heroin, like how it used to fucking be like the good old days, you know? Yeah. Seriously. I mean, that's where we're at. Fucking, oh, I mean, man. the whole market's like really weird right now. Um, methamphetamine used to, you could do like $20 worth and that would keep you up for, you know, multiple days on end. Now you do $20 worth, you're, you're going through psychosis within three to four hours and you're hungry within six to seven hours. Like it's. I blame the Federal Reserve. There we go. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, what what is what do you think's going on? Is it just uh, like who's the what's the blame? Is it the DEA or like? I think the more so, like you know, the cartels figured out how to cook shit long ago. They figured out they can manufacture things themselves, make all the money. I mean, they have the networks for it. But the more of these products that are used to manufacture substances are are banned, uh, you know, they're going to come up with another component of it and another one and another one. Um, that's kind of what led us to a billion different forms of fentanyl like we have today. Uh, that's what led us to this weird methamphetamine that we see on the streets now. Um, it's just, it's just real, real goofy, man. And here's the thing too. So like back in 2012, when I like initially got clean an eight ball of meth was going to run you 200, 250, depending on if you knew the person, I could get you an eight ball of meth today in Oklahoma city for 20 bucks. Makes no fucking sense, dude. I don't see how you can even produce that substance and, and make a profit selling it at that kind of margin. Like it's well, maybe it's taxpayer weird. subsidized. Could be, could be. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It doesn't seem like, I mean, we're predominantly Maryland based Babs is Philadelphia area, but I mean, Opiate addiction is huge around here. You don't want to see too meth too often. That seems like that's like a Midwest or Midwest out thing, west man. type. I don't know drug of choice. Yeah, but but yeah, it's heroin. Heroin addiction is awful. And uh, I mean, well, what are the prospects? Um, you know, like pe- people fought so hard for legal weed. Like, is there a legit movement for legal everything, or is that still a, like a super fringe position? Super fringe position. I mean, it's. The thing is, I I rarely talk to a single person, regardless of what side of the aisle they're on, that doesn't agree that a legalized marketplace would be the best way forward. But nobody believes it's possible. It's fucking maddening. You know, it's kind of if you're a libertarian, well, Clinton, you're trying to talk Hillary to Clinton. Huh? Hillary Clinton said why Hillary Clinton told us why there's too much money in it. Yeah, this is true. That's why she was had to keep it going. I mean, it's a whole whole thing, man. It's a whole thing, you know, Um definitely a lot of cash tied up into it. Definitely a lot. There's a, there's an entire system based around, you know, making a, a, a caste system of individuals who walk outside of cultural lines. You know, I mean, that's, that system's in place. They don't want that going away anytime soon. Um, but all that to say is at the end of the day, man, it's still, you're never going to fix this problem by keeping these substances illegal. All we're going to do is kill more people in the process. All, all they can do is seems like they're just like, well, we'll just have to hire more cops. We'll just have yeah. to beat up more black people. We're just going to yeah. have to do, you know, like we'll just have to be more tyrannical. Um, I mean, when the solution is right in their face, I mean, like they, 
you know, yeah, like junkies and uh, meth heads don't have a lot of political clout, right? No. Like, if at least the ones not living in the White House, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you ain't lying, man. I mean, maybe, maybe Hunter Biden. We should t- talk to Hunter Biden and see if he could be the bridge between junkies and the government. For, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Did you uh did you do time, Drew, or how'd you like most most time I did was four months and that was just waiting to go to waiting to go to trial. Um so I never went to prison. That was just county time. So no, not really. And then did so, that like did that impede in like you getting sober, like going in and out of the system and yeah, I mean getting the right treatment or yeah, like that was uh I went to jail from like I, I ran out of town and uh, got hooked up with the Alcoholics Anonymous group in another part of the state. And uh, those guys like really helped me unfuck myself to the best of their ability, you know, and kind of lay out some reality for me. And I knew I had a warrant for my arrest and I was just like, ah, shit, court clerks change all the time. They vote in new ones. They'll forget me. You know, it was like the, what I was operating on. And they were like, no, nah, man, uh, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, you're going to go turn yourself in. And so that was, I went to Oklahoma County jail with, uh, with a full month sober at the time and, uh, stayed clean in there, which dude, there's, there's more dope in there. There, there was on the, yeah, street. like that's, I, wow. I witnessed that one time I was in central booking one time in, in Baltimore city first cell, even after they search you, supposedly search, you take all your possessions within the first holding cell. There's about 20 of us. And this kid whips out, or yeah, he wasn't a kid. He was, you know, old man whipped out like a little little uh, pack of heroin out of his sock and was just just did some lines off his possession paper that he signed for. And it's like you can't even keep. It's like you can't even keep fucking. This is like you literally just got in the prison. Like you yeah. just came through. They searched you. They took all your stuff, and we can't even keep it out of prisons. Like that just goes to show the war on drugs is a failure the the ceos in there were the ones who were bringing it in i i i was on that so oklahoma county jail has eight floors right so each floor you go up is more severity right and like you've you fucked up <laughs> right so if you're up on one of the top floors like you're looking at murder charges whatever well i was on the second floor i mean i was in for prescription fraud i was nobody and one of the ceos actually brought a murder suspect from the top floor down to our pod because a witness for that case was in there and like legit opened up the cell and let him walk in there and, and intimidate the witness. I watched that wow. shit happen with my own fucking eyes. Wow. And, and, you know, we come to find out that this particular correctional officer was, you know, affiliated with this group of individuals to some degree. It was just dirty, dude. It was wow. just dirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're not nice people that run those things. No, 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 <laughs> no they're not. Yeah, they're awful human beings. Yeah, that happened. It was a controversy a couple of years ago in Baltimore City where in Central Booking, there was gang members that were CEOs. <laughs> and it's wow. like, yeah, no shit. They're part yeah, of it. The revol- the revolving door. It's the revolving yeah, I mean, door. How much, what's the process to become a CEO? Just like fill out a sheet of paper like you're at Wendy's? Open the door. Come on in. I think ideally you have to be willing to inflict violence when ordered to. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. you got to fail the IQ test. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, if you don't does. have any other prospects, that's a plus. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, damn. 
Yeah. Oh man. So you did a the couple what you said a month there, Drew, or four months. Four, four months. Okay. Yeah. And then uh you've been you've been sober since or did was it uh, a, yeah, was it like well, a rocky road after? Yeah, I, I stayed sober for seven and a half years after that and I had a little slip in twenty nineteen, but I've been I've been sober since January eighth, two thousand and twenty. So it's great, man. That's great. You know, and are you like that, completely like no alcohol? Yep. No nothing, the, the only, the only thing I'll do is um, I will take really, really low THC, high CBD edibles. Um, and I take those very, very uh, sporadically, you know? Yeah. Will you uh, avoid coffee as well? I, I have gotten myself down to one cup in the morning. What? How's yeah, that possible? That's better yeah. than me, man. Damn. Yeah. You that sobriety? <laughs> what's that you call that sobriety know, right i'm the worst i am the worst yeah you, you guys should lobby to take away coffee from the lp like convention floor like meetings yeah. and stuff like yeah. that goes, right like yeah right yeah that, i love that uh i love that shirt do you guys do you have that shirt um of still available drew that, yeah uh, yeah um what was the saying on I'm, I'm having a brain fart the, the coffee pot at your local uh recovery meeting has done more to combat addiction than the entire dea yeah it's hmm. dope yeah Tell except you. that it is an addiction like so <laughs> for sure <laughs> for sure i think that but it's a productive one yeah, yeah. it's like fentanyl now- has fentanyl has cured like a million heroin users you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. I could not give up coffee. Like that's just nah. Yeah. No. I never went yeah, to jail for coffee, bro. Far. You know. So we're, <laughs> yeah, we're that's right. yeah. If it was illegal, I would. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. What if I would, yeah. I would not? What if coffee was a schedule one drug? In the coffee yeah. black market. My cold like, dead hands. Right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man, well, it was cool hanging right. out, Drew. Yeah. 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 We can we can wrap up there and kick it on over to the to the after hours. Yeah. Plug plug away, man. But yeah, once again, thanks for uh, coming on, Drew. Um, and uh, so, yeah, once again, you're the founder of the LB, LP Sober Caucus and Shred the Stigma. Where can people find out about both of those things? Yeah, you can look up, uh, look me up on Twitter uh, at LibertyDrew84. I've got both of those entities in my bio. Um, Sober Caucus, is, we're working on a uh, website eventually for uh, Shred the Stigma. It is shredthestigmaok.org. And uh, as with any starving nonprofit, we could damn sure use a couple shekels every now and again if you have any. So toss them our way. Cool. Say the website one more time. Shredthestigmaok.org. Nice. Nice. Cool, man. Yeah. We will uh, add that in the show notes and get the word out. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate y'all. Yep. So, yeah, we are um, we are sponsored by Libertarian Country. Uh, they offer really awesome T-shirts. Um, you can use our promo code PRL to save 20% or 10%. And then PRL20, if you order over 50 bucks, you can save 20%. And uh, yeah, we also, as I mentioned earlier, we have an after hours program for as little as $2, no, sorry, $3 a month. Uh, you can get access to that content. We do an after hours show. We do a live show now, so it's live on YouTube, but only to our patrons. Um, so yeah. And uh, Rage Against the War Rally, February 19th. We're going to be there. 
uh, we'll have a spot there. So check out the website, RageAgainstWar.com, and uh, we'll see everybody February 19th in D.C. Hell yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, every we gotta we gotta push that more. Yeah, push it push it real good. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So all right, well until next time, help me out here, Alex. Everybody live free or die. So do the gods and the machine You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom and death point in a fine land You stop what the truth, then bring them home I believe the joke